Hello everyone, I'm Professor Margaret Rogers Van Koops and you're listening to Journey into an Unknown World. I've been doing this show now for a number of years and it's always been a half hour show but recently I've decided to do an hour show. And for those of you who've just landed here, this is not a show where I interview people or, you know, push a product. The only thing I mention occasionally is a book or something that I've written that will help you. But generally what I like to do here is to share knowledge and wisdom that I have acquired throughout my life. And right now I'm looking at the changes that are happening from the Piscean Age into the Aquarian Age, but I'm bringing it down now into our experiences over the last 150 years, shall we say, um, where we can see the end of the Piscean Age and the overlap of the Aquarian Age. And these are great ages, not just the 300 years. I'm talking thousands and thousands of years. So what we're looking at here is a transformation, an evolvement. So when we go back to the times, for example, of the Great Flood, that was also a period of change between great ages. And of course, when you get a great flood like that, everything's practically wiped out. And uh, there's always a few that survive, and trees and plants and insects and animals who go on to procreate the earth again in, in a new form. But at the same time, I think we're absolute idiots if we believe that we've only ever had humans and that we've evolved from apes. We know now there's too much knowledge that's come to us. So this is where I want to talk about how the overlap is happening with us on an everyday level. If we go back to, uh, let's say, mid-1800s, we had a very clear class distinction in the West. We had men ruled and women followed behind. Um, we weren't allowed as women to be in public and demonstrate our education. For example, Madame Curie um, was put down many, many times until they realized that what she had discovered was amazing. And then the next thing that happened, everyone was getting uh, burns and ill and sick, and that's when she learned that what she'd actually invented or found, which is better to say, uranium, was actually not a good thing after all in her time. But when we see how the use of uranium has been brought into society, it's in our medical profession, it's in our industry professions, and there are many, many countries that are digging for it, you know, and so on. So it's become popular in a way that we want to have uranium. But when one of those um, plants blows up, i.e. the one in Japan, then we're all threatened because we might find our thyroid is not working and if it's really bad, we might not be here anymore. So what am I saying here? Technology has always been an attraction to us. We always want to know more. We want to learn more. But inside us, emotionally, there is a fear of change. There is a fear of learning more. What is it that stops us from learning more? It's fear of failure. Now, 
Everyone is taught at a very young age, you have to go to school and you have to learn to read and write and you have to pass exams and if you're lucky you'll get a high grade and get into a university and if you're even luckier you'll get a grant and so on and so forth. And a child is set up to think about their future. But they're a child and they have no idea what the future is going to be like so they're still going to come back and look at what was in the past. I'm sure if we go back to the 1800s again that Edison had no idea what Las Vegas would look like. Okay. We all have a place in society. Even animals have a place in society. Even insects have a place in society. Even fish, even birds. You know, there isn't anything that you can think of that is living that doesn't have a purpose in the wholeness of our Earth. What I see when I look at the ending of the Piscean Age is our absolute abuse of animals, of plants, of trees, of the ocean, of lakes and rivers and ponds, it goes on. Water is contaminated in so many different ways, from garbage being thrown out without caring about what lives in wherever you're throwing that garbage. The only thing that seems to do well is the rats. And of course, rats are carriers of disease. So that we're not doing ourselves any favors by relying on rats to nibble at bits of plastic and so on and so forth. And of course, they get that in their body and they kill them. So what I'm saying here is we have this destructive nature that comes way back like 2,000 years before Jesus. Um, we were all about, oh, there's a ring on that person's finger. I want it. Take it off. No, I can't. Okay, I'll cut your finger off and take it. You know, and think nothing of it. Greed, dominance, go here, conquer half the world. You know, we think about um, the Romans and the Egyptians and all the quarrels and wars that went on in uh, what is Iraq and Iran today and all these areas is still going on. And I say to myself, have we learned nothing? Or have we learned something? Maybe we've learned something is, oh, it's fun to have a war. Or maybe it's good to have a war so our finances increase and we can invest and make more money out of a poor country somewhere. Or maybe uh, we can be in control in a political sense and stop voters from having their say or giving them what they want. Well, we're not just talking about now. We're talking about 5,000 years ago when people were still saying the same thing under the influence of uh, what was the Taurus age before, uh, sort of the Piscean age and, and, and Taurus ages. Uh, uh, sorry, start again. The external clock of the Great Ages is going in a clockwise direction, whereas the internal um, uh, planets moving around uh, cause us to have an anti-clockwise uh, rotation. So every so often, these aspects of like attracts like, or these aspects of opposition come together in our lives, and we don't even realize that the energy of the universe is affecting us.
So when we get two great ages overlapping, and I said this on my other radio show that you can go back and listen to the two great ages, Pisces and Aquarian age, um, then you'll begin to see that we're not as free as we think we are because we're influenced by outside forces, energy. What is that energy? Where does it come from? It's friction. Everything throughout the universes and the cosmos and whatever else you want to call it um, is energy. And energy has friction and when it's really very um, aggressively frictive, that's a word, um, then um, we have an explosion of energy. And out of that explosion of energy comes gases and gases cool from liquid and liquid becomes solid and we have a rock. Likewise, if we take a ruby and we pass energy through that ruby, it will create a beam of light that has been proven to cut through two inch thick steel plate, make a hole. Now, if we know that, why haven't we learned to fly on the energy of light through prisms? That was something that was very big in the 90s, well, actually 80s through 90s. People were getting quartz and they were <coughs> wrapping wire around it, like copper wire, or mixing uh, music with it and getting resonations. And everybody thought, this is the new way of healing self. And indeed, it was. In fact, I invented my crystal acupuncture, which if you want to know more about, you can find the books on Amazon, Breakthrough Therapies, Crystal Acupuncture and Terogram Therapy. That's a theory and stories. And then uh, the twin to it is the book of Crystal Acupuncture and Terogram Therapy Diagrams. And I'm happy to say that that's going to be marketed next year sometime, uh, so you'll be able to buy them in places like um, Walmart, probably. We'll have to see where it goes, but I know it will go somewhere, because this is the future. And if you've been watching your grandkids or you're a mother of young children, you know that your kids already like to paint stones, they like to play with, you know, agate stones and quartz stones and they want to pick them up and take them home and you should encourage that because these children's brains can attune to the vibrations of energy as it passes through a crystal. In like way if science learns how to use what they learn by passing energy through a ruby to burn something through steel they already know we have power through sound scientists are holding it back. Why? Because the Piscean Age was all about hold on to, keep control of, and allow yourself to be piling up money for yourself to retire with boats and planes and whatever on the top level. Meanwhile, the people down the bottom of the chain are being given little shut-your-mouth kind of presents, um, your little bribe here and there, shall we say, or a little bit more money in their wages to look the other way. And that is no different from going back, you know, say to the Egyptian times uh, where the Apaishian Age was awakening, to understand that there was a power in the Pharaoh 
that must be religious, spiritual, or something, because he has the power over the people. And so after that great nation kind of dwindled down, other countries started saying, well, if they could be that great, we could be that great. And we've got Rome coming up, you know, and we've got the Greeks coming up. And so what we see here is transformation and change again. So if we come back to our time and we look at the last, uh, shall we say, from 1960 through to now, so we look, we're talking about 60 years, then what we're seeing is tremendous change. The wars, World One and Two, have, have come and gone. We've had Vietnam, we've had, uh, well, there's so many wars, the Middle East, and that's just us talking about what we're doing here from America or from Europe or so on to try and sort out ancient times of where the Middle East is still keeping alive the Piscean Age of conquer and control. And of course, they're still battling. And if you think about Muhammad when he came to his spiritual awareness, he knew that the only way that he could bring all the tribes together was to have a war. And in doing that, then to say, I'm going to embrace a bit of every religion that's around and put it together, and and this is the new religion. Well, that was a big change, because all over the world, people were going, what's this religion? We didn't know this one. <laughs> so what you have to understand is that there are great people who get born, who come down and leave us a present of something, but it doesn't come easily for them. It comes at cost to their body, their mind, their soul, and everything they do. And if you look back through history, you're going to see in the Piscean Age many great leaders who were killed, including Gandhi. But in this new Aquarian Age, it's a different story. It's going to take a while for us to get the gist and live with the Aquarian Age, but what it's all about is listening, understanding, gathering together in sharing, and come up with a completely new way to live. And bearing in mind we're evolving technically at great speed, life is picking up. We're going faster and faster and faster. And, you know, I use this another analogy. If you were to drive your car down the high street at 100 miles an hour, you would know their shops, but you wouldn't know what shops, and you wouldn't know what was in there because you never stopped to explore and to understand why you got the car in the first place and why you're going at such speed and that you could have an alternative to slow down and see something differently. Well, in a way, that's what the Aquarian Age is doing right now for us who are still believing and listening to the energies of the Piscean Age. So having the virus, <coughs> for example, is a catalyst all around the world where people are passing over or very sick. But underneath that, something else is rising, isn't it? People are standing up now. We want our country to be run differently. So we have a lot of civilized people, you know, speaking and teaching and talking about their ideas. And then we've got a whole bunch of other people who are poo-hooing it and others who are saying, yeah, yeah, here, here. And then we go to the other side of the fence. We've got the Middle East still warring, 
Haven't they learned anything over all these thousands of years yet that war doesn't work? Haven't we, who go out to save those countries, haven't we learned that we're sticking our nose into someone else's business? Why do we do that? Because the Piscean Age is still saying you need to be in control. You want to control the trade. You want to control the <coughs> the presents that you have in your house, uh, things that you want to be able to buy or, you know, or sell. Uh, whatever it is in some way, your Piscean upbringing has motivated you to keep trying to make more money, have more things, live a high society standard. Well, if everybody lived that way, where would the workers be? Who would go and pick up our trash? Who would come and fix my electricity when it doesn't work anymore? Those people are vital to this change because they're the workers who know. Now, I'm going to make an analogy that I learned from, um, oh, I was about 14, I think, or 16, somewhere around that age. I used to go up to the common land in England and sit there amidst all the great big um, oak trees and, you know, palm, uh, not palm trees, that's in America, uh, the great um, chestnut trees, my favorite, beautiful blooms, and I would just sit up there and read. It's nice and quiet and the birds are twittering away and so on. And all of a sudden, as I'm reading, I have Socrates in my mind and he said to me, do you like the ants? And I looked down and I had ants all crawling over my feet and about to come up my pants. So I immediately wanted to jump up and run away and he, he commanded me almost. It was a very strong voice that said, sit and watch and learn. So I stayed there with these ants and I started to notice that as I was attuning with Socrates, our energy was building and the ants were going off my feet. They didn't run at me looking for more water or whatever they were looking for. They decided I wasn't a threat and they left. And it was then that he said to me, do you realize why they survive? And I'm like, well, no, yes. <laughs> I didn't know what he was really asking. He said, well, let's look at the life of an ant farm. Now, we didn't have those things in school when I was a kid. And he went on to explain how there are warrior ants, there are um, ants that hunt for food, there are ants that take care of the queen ant by helping her birth her eggs. And she's a great big blobbing thing, doesn't even look like an ant, poor thing. Can you imagine just being an egg producer morning, noon and night? But no, she's her royalty. She's the blessed one. She's the purpose of their existence. Without her, what are they going to do? They don't know. So they have to also have protectors who are the guard in her little area who will protect her from any invasion of any kind. Now, we also have ants that would take the eggs and put them, park them in another area under the ground and they will nurture those to make sure those little ants get born because they know that as fast as everyone is born, one is second, so every one is second and is dying. This is intelligence. Okay, this is how we are 
we are intelligent too and we have our soldiers and we have our food growers and we have our medical people who take care of us when we're sick and ill and weak and so on you see the parallels what he was showing me all those years ago is the human race is not any greater than an ant and that we must be able to recognize and acknowledge that these ants all over the world, and there's so many of them, and they've all got their little burrows and, you know, little nests and whatever they want, right next door to one another. But the ant on the, in the house next door, as it were, doesn't talk to the ants in the house next door to that. They learn to keep separated. Now, when you think about our history, going back to the early 1800s, even though there had been shipping and trading, of course, long before that, i.e. Magellan and so on, discovering the earth and doing all those things, whatever they were doing in trade, it was relative to, oh, we haven't got that in our country. I want to have that, for example, tobacco. Okay? And so everybody in England, when the Queen got to taste it, decided they liked it, and Elizabeth was smoking, first uh, and so uh, everybody else was smoking did they know about cancer then of course not and here we are all these hundreds of years later tr uh, you know got rules all over the place no smoking anywhere near this building uh, and uh, people are realizing how harmful it is because it gives you cancer of the lungs and so on and we're thinking okay we've evolved but have we because now we're smoking marijuana legally and we're smoking uh, CBD you know but it's medicinal now I channeled uh, in England open house night when people from all over London would come there'd be about 40 people in my living room all crammed together to hear what spirit had to say and uh, whatever they said I didn't know because I was in deep trance in those days and would come out of that and not know what I'd said and this person came up to me and said, thank you for telling me about, um, I have to stop and think of the word um, so long ago, um, cannabis. Thank you for cannabis. I said, what's that? <laughs> he looked at me like, seriously, you don't know? I said, no, what is it? So then he said, it's marijuana. And then I said, well, what's marijuana? <laughs> and then he said, well, uh, maybe you know it as grass. Oh, I said, you mean herbal cigarettes. <laughs> That's how innocent I was about street drugs. Then I was given some pills that were a derivative of heroin. I was told they would relax me, which actually led to me having a clinical death because I didn't know what was in them. Because back in those days, doctors didn't tell us what was in them, and half the time the doctors didn't know themselves. And now today, fast forward to where we are today, we have so many medicines with so many side effects that every commercial tells you, smiley face, this is wonderful, helps you wonderfully well, but it does this and this and this and this and this and this. And yet, even someone like my husband, who had a metaphysical training with me, when he got ill, he went straight for allopathic. Because as a child, we were told the doctor has the magic medicine. He has the magic pill. He's going to make you better. And of course, when you're a young child and you do get better, you believe that story. 
Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to point out yet again is how the Piscean age in our personalities from anyone born before 1990 is Piscean in the nature of greed, of wanting to be in control, of wanting to be the commander of their family, and in every sense of the word, able to know that everyone is safe. And this virus, in our time now, <coughs> sorry, this virus in our time now has come to a point where it's making us see that we've forgotten the good parts that we learned in the Piscean Age. So what did we learn that was good? We learned about herbal things as the eons of time went by, and people would go and pick their own herbs and dry them out and make their own medicine, and they worked. They also knew about vicious poisons that would kill you in the blink of an eye, like deadly nightshade. But they also knew that if you squashed the berries and you um, added a little bit of uh, animal fat, you could put it on a, a wound and it would kill any bugs that were trying to get gangrene, you know, that kind of thing. And of course, it was washed daily. So, you know, those kind of things, if I said I, I, I want to get that today, people would look at me like I'm insane. You know, because why would I want to put poison on my body? Well, the bottom line is a lot of things that we've invented help us, but they all have side effects. Even uh, normal plants that you could chew, for example, if you have too much rhubarb, you're in trouble. But on the other side, if you have it, it's good for your bowels if you haven't been. So same with prunes and you know plums and things, cherries and things. It's always got to be about moderation for us, no matter what we're eating. So if we're greedy and we're killing a cow every second so that everyone gets a piece of 12-ounce prime rib on their plate that's two inches thick, and that's for one person, you can see greed hitting you straight in front of you. Lo and behold, a body does not need more than four ounces of beef and not so heavy or so thick and cooked nicely, tasting, can be just as satisfying as scoffing down 12 ounces. And when I first came here in 82, I was dished up one of these big steaks and I looked at it and I thought there's enough here to feed me and the kids. And had I been with my kids at that time, because I didn't eat it, it was too tough for me anyway, and I don't like beef that much, I had to throw it away. What did I feel then? <gasps> there's all those starving children all over the world. They could have had that. And I saw the garbage pail in the restaurant where I was going, you know, went uh, to eat that meal. And uh, it was full of thrown away food. People weren't eating all the food that's on the plate. And here today, it's still the same. I went today and I had shrimps and fish and chips. And I said, it's wonderful, it's lovely. I'll have that. And when it arrived, time I ate the shrimps and one piece of fish and about two chips, I was full and my plate was still half full. You see, greed is still here. In It's a habit to give us a lot of food. That means we're well fed. That means we're healthy. That means we're doing good. 
because back in the 1800s, if you had a pot belly, that was good. It meant you were well to do. If you were skinny, you were paupers and on the street, or you were washing laundry, or you were digging up someone's garden to hope you get some food at the end of the day from the kitchen. Okay, here in our time, in the Western world, we expect all this food, and if we don't get it, or we expect all our items of comfort, i.e., tissues when we have flu, or um, you know, stuff to cleanse our mouths, or anything household that we need to clean. You know, we normally just take that for granted and just buy a little bottle. I was in the store in the early time before people started saying only one per person. People were taking like five and six of them, stocking up. And I thought, there it is again, the Piscean Age, even though we are now in the Aquarian Age. We have to learn that we only need as much as our belly will hold. When you look at people in Europe and America, what we see are very, very overweight, plodding about, in pain, aching people. All because they stuff their bellies. All because they hoarded all the things that they've got, sit on the sofa playing with them. Instead of getting out, maybe digging the garden, running around the block, or doing something physical. Two days ago, I had to close my center. I'm sad about that in one way, but no, this is change. You see, people can't come to my center because the virus is there. Plus, I've been rained out a couple of times, so it was a good time to get out. But hey, my idea originally of having my center in England, I brought to America. And all the way through my time in America, I was going over to Japan. So even if I'd had a center, I couldn't be there to teach in it anyway. So when I finally stopped Japan, I thought, aha, I'm going to have a center. And out of the blue, someone gives me a center. And I, I take it with open arms. I go there, I paint it, I decorate it, I do everything. I spend a lot of money on it because it was pretty bad when I took it over. And I didn't have rent to pay. Two years later, the number of people that came through that door, very few. And here we are now because of the virus. Everybody's teaching online, and I'll be doing that next month. Uh, you need to go to easypeasysolutions.org. I'll spell that E-A-S-Y-P-E-A-S-Y solutions, S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S.org. The website will be up very soon, so watch out for it. And you can go there and uh, put in your email and uh, your name, of course. And uh, if you want to talk with us, give us a contact, your email uh, and your phone number or your interests. What topics do you want to learn about? What would you like to be online with me, listening to talks and able to ask me questions? Okay. Now, the first few that we're going to do is all about relationships and there are many different types of relationships you have a relationship with a child you have a relationship with your second child you have a relationship with your husband when you have a relationship with two children and your husband 
that's different from when you have a relationship with just one child. Now, if we go to work, you have many co-workers, you have many different relationships there with those. Some you hardly know, some you know very well. When you go to the hairdressers, you have a relationship with your hairdresser. So right now, everybody's locked down everywhere, and so everybody is miserable because they're not getting the outlets of conversations, of stimulant that allows them to keep continual growth in terms of evolvement of mankind. Now, if we look at this Piscean-Aquarian overlap, what we actually see is some of the old bad of Piscean, some of the good of Piscean, and then on the Aquarian we've got some of the bad and some of the good there. So I want to talk a little bit about the two, the difference. The Piscean age was, I'm not listening to you. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I'm right. You're wrong. And if you keep this on up, I will punish you. And if I punish you, I will take away all that you have, and I will hoard it and keep it, and then I will sell it and make more money, and then I'll become industrious, and then I'll put myself up as someone who knows how to run businesses or run a country. Okay? Well, we can look back and see what history did there. It evolved slowly over time with people pushing for change, even in the Piscean Age. Okay, I remember all the strikes in England, and we had one after another. First it was the gas, then it was electric, then it was the coal, and then it was um, food, something to do with food arriving in the stores. All these unions were rising up. They were the common workers rising up and saying, hey, without us working, you wouldn't have the food, or you wouldn't have the heat, or you wouldn't have the air, whatever it was. And so I'm saying here, look at this now. We've got sun energy. We've got wind energy. Why do we want to have coal? That's like going back to the 1800s. We've got cars now that burn fuel, but we've also got cars that run on batteries. The next step is to have cars and heating and lighting and source of energy from sound. Sound is reverberation, resonation, and it goes a very long way. We've got enormous telescopes up watching, looking at the sky. We've got great big dishes trying to pick up sound from other planets to prove that we're not the only species on this planet, right? But the truth is, it's technology driven. We want to know more. We want to go further. We want to go beyond now. And when we say that, we're not really saying we have to fly to Mars or something. What we're really saying is, I've had enough of the Piscean age of being controlled or of being in control. And either way, it was hell because it was always battles. It was always arguments. It was always loss and gain, loss and gain. Nothing ever really came to anything beyond the truth that we've learned now with the Aquarian age coming in that we have to stop what we were doing in the Piscean age with judgment, condemnation, separation of religions and philosophies, uh, class distinction and so on. There was so much of it, okay? Now we are beginning to understand 
that we are humans and as humans we are one race now just because I look Chinese or I look Italian or I look French or uh, you know something else and I speak a different language it doesn't make you inside a different person but it does make you someone who is hooked into your nation because that doesn't go away it's called loyalty it's called upbringing that says you know I'm British or I'm American or I'm French or I'm Italian that's just Europe but you know if we go into India we've got many different religions there just as we have many different types of Christian religions and we have a melting pot we have Jewish we have uh, Indian we have Hindus we you know it's too many to mention but what I want you to understand is we're entwining those religions because the metaphysical age has finally started to emerge. Everything that we did in the Piscean age, metaphysically, it was always there. Like the Romans would go and see the seer or the oracle with the, the Greeks, you know, and, and say, you know, should I, uh, I don't know, should we sow corn, you know, have my men sow corn next year? Uh, and, uh, you know, Joseph, for example, was able to tell the Egyptians that they would have seven years of um, good food and then seven years of famine when they had the dream was about the cows, remember? I'm sure you've all studied that somewhere at some time. And in the same way, Siddhartha Buddha, he was uh, kept uh, away from the streets. So if he did go out on a journey in the streets, all the poor people were pushed away, especially the beggars, and uh, only the elite were allowed to line the streets to wave him bye-bye, rather like the Queen going uh, from Buckingham Palace to somewhere and people line up to see her. Only the difference is we've evolved so much that nobody's trying to hide the poor people. Anybody can come, okay? So that was a good step in a way that we finally stopped saying I, I'm a unionist and I won't talk to the politician. We've got to come to this point where we will say all nations, i.e. the United Nations, was the first step in, in the Aquarian Age overlapping the Piscean Age. It sowed a seed that each country should be coming together and really looking at how we integrate our species. But it was too early for the Aquarian Age to really do more than sow a seed because the Piscean Age was still clamoring to stay alive, if you know what I mean. It's a struggle of death. The old patterns, the old ways of how life has been is going. And there's a lot of people still on this planet who don't want to see that change. I know my husband and I used to spend a lot of time talking about, well, when we were 25, you know, we could buy a house for $3,500. Now it's $350,000. How can money change so much? It's because people keep printing more money. We want more of those green things, pink things, blue things, depends which country you're in, okay? And now we've got people trying to bring in the um, credit systems, you know, and everything, you go to the store, you've got your credit card or your debit card and you use it, right? And then there's people saying, you know, why don't we buy these, um, 
oh, can't think of the word, sorry, everyone, but, you know, buy these uh, exchange things that um, you you uh, donate something and somebody else donates something and you exchange. Well, a lot of people saying that'll never work. I can't, sorry, I can't think of the actual word at the moment for what it's called. But that happens, you know. Um, I'm sure you understand me. So, whether or not we have Bitcoin, that's it, thank you, Mondays just gave it to me. When we have Bitcoin, they're still putting a monetary value on it. But what you need to understand is exchange means I give you what you need because I've got extra of it, and you give me what you've got because I haven't got any of it, and so we're exchanging. It's not about how much this is worth. For example, I've got... Um, 29 apples and I'm valuing them at $29 and this person over here is saying well I've got 29 oranges would you swap that could be an easy assimilation the swap numbers for numbers but no it doesn't work like that because everyone's saying ah oh, but you know my produce is worth more than your apples so I want twice as many apples for my 10 I don't know, what shall I make up? Um, my 10 um, pumpkins. <laughs> Thank you, Spirit. Okay, so, um, you know, what would the pumpkins do for me? Well, they give me a lot of fun in Halloween, and I can make a lot of nice pumpkin pies, but is that really so important to me? No. Trade, what is important to people who trade is a need, okay? We don't need many pumpkin pies we need vegetables, we need potatoes, we need rice. And if we are meat eaters, then we need meat. If we're fish eaters, we need fish and so on. Now, some people are fishermen. So if they've had a good catch and they come to a farmer and say, hey, I need a cow for my f fish, that would be a nice trade because the farmer could then share those fish with other people who are his workers so everybody gets fed and they're all being paid for looking after the cows. Over here on the other side, the fishermen who've been fishing, they're able to now, because they've exchanged for meat, taste something different in their diet, which then stimulates them to think about making a different kind of you know, home produce for them to eat. Well, that's what happened years ago, and it was kind of easy because it wasn't too much difference in the food. I remember when I was a child going to, with my grandpa and grandma, to look for, hunt for mushrooms. And, uh, we, you know, and they'd point out, then that looks like a mushroom, but it's not. That one's poisonous and so on. And to me, they all looked the same <laughs> unless they were toadstools. So, you know, well, you don't all know everything about everything. So then we got, on top of the produce, we got someone saying, well, my knowledge is worth something. But hey, isn't this other person over here that's growing something entirely different? Isn't their knowledge worth something? Okay, we need to share it. I'll tell you how to grow, um, you know, mushrooms or whatever it is, and in return, I'll teach you how to grow pumpkins. It's just symbols, of course. I want you to take this idea and spread it right across everything that your country is doing right now. 
and you're going to see that in the wake of the virus and in the wake of destruction that's happened naturally from Earth, and I will point out what Spirit told me here, is that a lot of the natural happenings that the Earth is doing is because we no longer have the fumes in, in our atmosphere. The plants are responding better, so the energy livestock is multiplying, so we've actually got more than we need. And yet we're not sending them to people who are starving, who've got nothing. So you can see just alone there needs to be a sorting out of how we exchange our food chain without putting these high dollar for dollar swapsies on. Go more with what is your need and we give it. This is our need, what are you going to give us back? Trading should be sharing, not manipulating. Piscean age would just say manipulate. Aquarian age says share rather than turn it into the ground. You know, so what I would like to suggest to you by listening to this particular show is to start telling people when you see them, where did that come from? Especially if they're young ones. What do you know about it? Do you know how the people live in that country where it came from? You know, even though I channeled Red Cloud, when I was very young, I think he was about seven when he first made himself known to me, uh, and he taught me the Gator Pound, he taught me how to roll up in a ball and uh, block out anyone attacking my solar plexus and things like that, because I was living in a war-torn, recovering England uh, at that age, and um, it wasn't easy. All the men who came back from the war were post-traumatic stress disordered because they'd been fighting a six-year war. And of course we can now identify that with all our soldiers who come back now and they're young and they they can't handle society. Okay? So we don't we can see very clearly that war doesn't do anything but upset upset the balance of our nature in personality, in character and in our needs to survive and live peacefully. So why would anyone want to send more men to keep more peace. It's not our job to keep the peace of the whole world. It's our job to keep ourselves peaceful. I was watching the news recently and uh, I saw that uh, people were gathering together in peace walks in different countries. I thought, hooray, at last it's happening. The Aquarian Age is right there the people are mutual we want new leaders we want new rules we want even our kings and queens in Taiwan for example and places like that we want them all to understand we need new ways of living in the modern society of today and what happens out comes the forces out comes the rubber bullets or even real ones and everybody is scattering for their lives that's the Piscean age side so you can see, we expect that. We go on a walk hoping everyone's going to come and hear us and listen to us. And what we get, a closed door and blocking. Why is that person still in charge? So a revolution happens. But the problem is the person who leads the revolution is a revolutionist in that they want the seat. They want the power. 
they wouldn't be able to get people to rise up and follow them if they didn't speak in a powerful way. But when they get on that chair and they have that position, are they mellowing out? Are they listening to the people? Well, in the Piscean age, they weren't. But in the Aquarian age, they will. They'll come together and they'll sit around tables and they'll take country by country and they'll build a model on how each country should pr function productively by their own country's means and ways. And we will honor and respect one another's countries for their means and their ways. We will not try to tell them how to behave. So what happens to violence? What happens to anger? What happens to loss? All these things in the Piscean Age, they disappear. Just like I said in the beginning, that I couldn't remember stuff from when I was young. Uh, and now I'm older, I get little glimpses, but I don't really have all the details. And just like I said, playing the radio record player and the radio, you know, is all different now. I can walk around with it on a headset down the street, miles away from my house, and still be hearing the radio. So life is different. The world is different. So we have to learn to look at ourselves first. How can we be peaceful? How can we listen to our own family? How can we integrate their point of view with my own point of view? Sometimes we have to be an ombudsman. That's a go-between. And keep the be a peacemaker and say, hey, hey, calm down. It's okay. Stop making faces at one another. Stop shouting and yelling. Call it. Okay? Because it doesn't achieve anything but get you stressed, depressed, and miserable. Okay? So you've got to be in charge of you. You do not want yourself to become depressed, stressed, and miserable, do you? You want a happy family. So the only way to get a happy family when you're all on top of one another is to listen, watch body language, NLP, and understand neurolinguistic programming, the tones, the sounds, the signs, that someone is stressed, depressed, and that is not the time to come in and insist that your way be the right way. What that time should be is, what's up? Do you want to sit and talk? I'll be your ears, I'll listen, okay? And then when you've listened, what comes out of you so naturally is the counselor. Whether you're a father or mother or not, it's there in you. And that counselor will come out and say, ha ha, I heard this and this, but instead of saying, well, you do and you do and you shouldn't do and you ought to do, and I'm telling you, I'm your older one, so I'm telling you, blah, blah, blah. That's my shit. What you should be doing now is saying, okay, I've heard you. Now, here's my suggestion. What do you think about it? You premise it first. I'm going to tell you something that you might not like, but I like it because it's your turn to listen to me. Just hear me out. And then when we get to the end, you can tell me if you, it helps or not. Okay? Then we have a peaceful time understanding one another. Okay? And conversations like that must be practiced, must teach the children at home, in every house, in every country, in every language. Now, we have another problem, and I have to uh, get this over quickly because I'll run out of my hour soon. 
whatever religion we have, it all teaches us love God and, and love yourself. Yet in every religion we see out there, there is judgment. It's not supposed to be any. And the judgment is my Catholic faith is much better than yours. When my husband became ordained as a spiritualist minister, the first thing his mother said, who's an ardent Catholic, is, oh, you're not a Christian. <laughs> we looked at her, because she had no idea what a spiritualist was, okay? And of course, you know, he did do services and as a pastor, a head pastor of Universal Christ Church, which I am now head pastor of Universal Christ Church, which is the umbrella. It's actually a full title is Universal Christ Church of Spiritualist Spiritual Education. And my charter under that as an ordained minister is Sumaris Education Center of Spiritual Studies. Okay? So education is spiritual and we need that. We need to teach the children that everybody has feelings and everybody has negative days and positive days and the way to get through them is to sit down, call it, breathe and chat. Okay? And if you still can't see eye to eye, take a walk and think about not what you would say, but what they said and what it really, really means. Because often when we're in an argument, we're so fixed on our point of view that even though we're listening, we don't hear the full story. We don't get what that person's saying. And then we say they're off their rocker or something and we put them down. And the same can happen to you. So if we teach our families at home to listen and, you know, like the natives have the talking stick, you should buy, have a talking stick or a, a spoon. It doesn't matter what it is. But whoever's holding it, as long as they're holding it, they're able to explain their feelings, their thoughts, their ideas, and people listen. No interruptions. If you write notes down, as I said on my last show, you can always come back on it later. So I'm reaffirming that. But let's go back into the Piscean age. If these children are all shown how to sit and listen and absorb information, which they are able to do because they have two and three extra DNA strands now, then what they're going to do is apply that when they're adults to their work, to their colleagues, and if they rise high enough to be a leader in their country, to do it with fairness, truth, and honesty. We're not in a cold war. We don't need spies anymore. That's the Piscean age, okay? We are in an age of regrowth. The, the Aquarian age is about listen, share, and come to an agreement and do, okay? So I've seen through Spirit's eyes that the future will evolve, but we won't really have a true Aquarian period of everyday life until 200 years from now. So we're talking 2,600, and I think other people have been saying that as well. So on that note, if you have enjoyed this one-hour show, I want you to know that I'm going to be doing one-hour shows all the time. Uh, I do one a week, uh, so you know, because everybody's at home and online and so on. And I'll remind you, I'm going to teach on Zoom on easypeasysolutions.org. And I'm also having my, my websites down right now. Uh, my husband's passed, so 
um, at someone else building, you will be able to get sumariscenter.com and I will also have sumariseducationcenter.com and I will also have Universal Christchurch School of Spiritualism for those who want to study metaphysical things and become a minister practitioner, which means you can do all your counseling, you know, everything a minister does, but you can't do a service. If you want to be someone who can marry people, bury people, christen people, and all that kind of thing, or whatever country you're in, then you have to do a further year of intense study on how to put sermons together and things like that, and actually be there for the people who need you. So um, on that note, um, please remember that I also have many books on Amazon and uh, too many to mention, 15. I have a couple of novels too um, and I have a lot of books that can teach you a great deal. I also have YouTube, um, www.youtube forward slash user forward slash Dr. Margaret. I will um, be um, putting more things up on YouTube as time goes by and even these radio shows uh, will go up eventually because I want as many people as they can to learn about this new Aquarian age. And as we go forward, I will be talking about relationships. I said earlier, fear, pain, anger, and guilt. And uh, you know, if people study with me, they'll get certificates and diplomas in time. So I have a lot to offer to people if you're wanting to learn, then please go to easypeasysolutions.org and put your name in your interests. You see, if I get 30 people say they want to learn psychic development, then I'll do workshops online, all-day workshops on that topic. And you will be interacting with me, doing exercises as well as learning theory. And that would be level one beginners. You know, if you wanted to learn about the healing hands, Reiki or things like that. There's so many things I teach, hypnosis, psychology, psychiatry. I have deep courses for those who really want to have careers. So on that note, I'm going to leave you and say thank you for listening to me. And I do hope that you'll follow me if you haven't followed me before. Download this or you can go to iTunes and download all my shows that are up there starting from I think 2010. Uh, and uh, enjoy um, learning. Thank you for listening to me and I really do appreciate the responses. I've had some testimonials lately. If you'd like to write one um, for me, my PR guy would love that. Uh, it doesn't have to be too long, a paragraph. Uh, or if you're with it like kids are today uh, with your phone, then just switch it on and say whatever you want to say and send the video over uh, you can send it to PR guy <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, have to um, find out more details I wasn't really prepared for uh, talking about him but I'd forgotten about that but he did ask me to mention that he'd like some testimonials whether it's a book a video listening to this show uh, seeing me one-on-one uh, -on -one, you know whatever it is uh, the reason is not to brag about myself but to help other people because people tend to believe if someone says something's good it is good and generally in the Aquarian age it will be so there'll be no conning people into um, 
that's buying stuff they don't need. So on that note, I'm saying be aware, cut your losses, watch your money, watch your mouth, <laughs> and watch your body, and take care of you. Change the way you think. On that note, goodbye, and thank you so much for tuning in. See you next week.